Welcome to another episode from Boys and Men. I'm your host, Terry Mr. King. And today, I got a special guest on. And this guy has changed the landscape of my city forever. And in a positive outlook, positive, brought so much attention to the small city known as Pensacola, Florida. And honestly, we wouldn't be in the boat that we are right now if it wasn't for this man. But I'm going to allow this man to introduce himself. If y'all from Pensacola, y'all already know the name. Now we get to put the face with the name, Mr. Quinn Studer. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. You know, it's interesting. I was just writing. A, I like to write. And I was writing about Pensacola because, you know, in 2005, I um, was my health care company. So if people wonder how I got to Pensacola. In 1996, I came to be president of Baptist Hospital. Oh. And that's how I came here. You know, people's it wasn't that I didn't even know where Pensacola was. I was working in the inner city of Chicago and they, they recruited me to come to Pensacola. I came to Pensacola and um, I love the hospital. I love the employees in the hospital. And um, I had a lot of success there and I'd had had success in the past. So people said, you should help hospitals all over the country. So I started my own company called Studer Group. And around 2005, I got a call from Jim Clifton and um, and I didn't go downtown. I didn't pay much attention to the community. I went to the airport and the mall and home. That was usually my, my schedule. And 2005, Jim Clifton at Gallup Corporation, the president, was interested in healthcare, what we were doing in healthcare, because Gallup measures healthcare like everything else they measure. And he noticed hospitals we worked with perform better than some others. So I went to Washington, D.C. And while I was there, he made this comment that they had just done the biggest study ever on economic development for cities called Soul of the City. Why do some cities thrive and some don't? So, for, for example, when I used to be on an airplane, people would say, where are you from? And I'd say Pensacola. And they'd look at me like, where's Pensacola? And I'd say, have you ever heard of Destin? Oh, yeah, we've heard of Destin. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, if, or if I had a day off, I would get in the car and go to, to Fairhope. You know, I mean, I'd either go east or, or west. And the soul of the city just was amazing because it said it's really not location because there are cities that are in, way up north in Maine that do successful. So you just can't say it's location. Yeah. People used to say to me, well, you know, I wrote this book called Vibrant Community. And they said, well, it's easy in Pensacola. You got nice weather and white beaches. And I said, yeah, and we sucked with nice weather and nice yeah. beaches too. So you can't just say that. And so... Basically, what it said was to have a great community, it's all about keeping talent home. Whoever has the talent wins. And I always said Pensacola was exporting talent, particularly yes. talent of color. So we, we were losing all talent, but we've been losing talent of color forever and ever. And yeah. effort. Emmy, and, um, Emmy Smith to Daryl no, Brooks to everybody. <laughs> I've got story after story. When we, um, 1955, you know, the um, Pensacola had an all-black Little League team that almost made it to the Little League World Series because no one would play them. They all forfeited. And then they played a team in Orlando in 1955. There's a DVD called A Long Time Coming. I brought the living members of that team to Pensacola to celebrate in Orlando, there was about nine living members. Almost all of them lived in Orlando. 
in Pensacola, there was about nine living members. Only two of them lived in Pensacola because the rest of them got out in the 1950s and 60s and then for no opportunity. Yeah. So what it showed was great communities do three things. They support local businesses. You know, they, they don't sit here and throw big incentives at companies that don't even aren't even here because they usually don't deliver. Yeah. They support <laughs> the local businesses that are there. You know, because that's where most jobs are. Number two, they help startups. And what do startups namely need? Training and development or mentorship and, and access to capital. Mm -hmm. Number three, they have a vibrant downtown. And that's sort of, I wondered, well, what do you mean a vibrant downtown? He said, you know, downtowns in cities like Pensacola. He didn't mention that in the study. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they have empty storefronts. So then they get dangerous. I had police tell me they didn't like going downtown Pensacola in the 1990s. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. But you have empty storefronts. You don't have much going on. And young people want fun. They want yeah. entertainment. They want vibrancy. So with the downtown, you need to program the heck out of it to get a lot of people down there. Then you get some small businesses that open. Then you get some office buildings. And then eventually you, you get residential. And then, then when that happens, you you get the thickening. So all of a sudden, then it gets too expensive to be downtown. So then you move a couple blocks away or five blocks away. And that, that's how you create a city. So in 2005, I, I started looking at Pensacola completely differently. It bothered me. You know, I noticed yeah. stuff. So, you know, my not-for-profit started training young entrepreneurs. And we just had EntreCon, which was a huge hit. Um we we worked with startups. We did the business challenge. And now a lot of people do it. The beauty is we have so many resources. And we got into making the downtown special. And, you know, people fought us at first. And now you go downtown. And it's it's pretty cool. Which What that does is create financial sustainability. Yeah. So that creates the money to subsidize affordable housing. That creates the money to create better safety. Because you've got to have the financial sustainability of a community to reinvest. And if you look at, and I'll finish with this, if you look at the downtown district in 2016-17, it was about a $600 million assessed property value. Now it's $1.1 That dollars goes into helping create better police, better fire, better educational system. So um, that's really... I know I just feel like I put a fire hose on you here, but, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, when we started in 2005, we said it's a 20 year deal. And, and the other thing I learned, which was very important, I asked Gallup about government. He said, don't count on government. This is private money. And if you look at almost everything that's been done in Pensacola, it's been private dollars because government people have limitations. They're running for office, blah, blah, blah. And I always say to people, um, if the local people aren't willing to invest in the community, yeah. how can you expect out-of-town people to invest? Yeah. Yeah, I just went through that town in Wisconsin. They, they said, well, we're trying to get an outside investor. I said, well, you got to get some local people to throw some money in. Like when we did Southtown, we had 252 apartments. No, no, no outside company would do it. So it was me and Josh Sitton and Bubba Watson put our money together and built it. And now if you look around, there's all sorts of construction. Yeah. <laughs> we've had a supply issue. And the issue we've had with attainable housing is lack of supply. We're 10 years behind. And so hopefully we'll catch up now. 
Oh yeah, I see that happening literally every day. Downtown does not look the same from when no. I was a child. I was like, there's there's apartment buildings. They the clubs are better. The the nightlife is better. The day life is better. Like even with the uh, Miss Levings and everybody with the uh, the different festivals and gallery night, everything. The it just I love going downtown because it went from a town where I was scared to walk around to a town I was like. I can't wait to go walk around. And and it's a lot more inclusive. If you look at Entrecon, the, yeah. look at our Entrecon awards. If you look at Civicon, if you look at what's out there, you know, the, the, it's really neat. It's re What's really neat to see Pensacola right now is the young people are taking leadership roles. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't wait. You know, we have a 38-year-old mayor. I think that's a very positive thing for this country. That is good. You know, and I just think you've got young people saying, I want to stay. We Lafayette, Louisiana did a study of Pensacola because we're very similar to Lafayette, Louisiana, population-wise. And they've had in the last five years, they've had more births than deaths. So when you have more births than deaths, your population should be going up. Yeah. Their population is pretty much flat. Okay. We've had more deaths in Pensacola than births, yet in the same time frame, our population has gone up 5,000 people. What that shows is that we've, we're reversing migration out. Yeah. That's been the whole goal, to reverse migration, to keep talent home yeah. and to keep allow talent to come back. And what are they looking for? They're looking for opportunities and they're looking for a cool place. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's great because... I used to always hear, if you want to make it and you're from Pensacola, you got to leave Pensacola. Yeah. And now, and now it's, it's like it's like you don't have to. And it's, it's great because like our college up here at UWF, they're doing great. They they won uh, a couple of championships already. And they're in the playoffs right now winning, doing their thing, looking like they're about to win another championship. The Wahoos just won their championship. And I was grateful for the opportunity to even be out there and be a camera person. Mr. Stewart, I got to say thank you for that just alone. And I'm just training and development, you know, I mean, with I meet with you, Rick Fountain, the dean of the School of Business here in a couple of weeks, because before COVID, we had just really started allowing a lot, getting a lot of UWF students to job shadow. Yeah. Because what, what you want to do is get to know people in the in the community. And if yeah. you're UWF and you maybe can work at this company or job shadow at this company, then you get to know people. And you get to know people, then you create relationships. And if you have a relationship, you're more likely to network and stay. Uh, yeah. Stay a lot more people would stay around now than the, back in the day. And that's just a testament to the work you have done in this community. And, like, it's an honor to see that people invest into this city. Like, Navy Federal even came down from Norfolk. No, that's, interesting. that's a story, too, uh, that I think real, people don't know. But, you know, we, we sometimes in Pensacola get caught up and we we give up opportunity thinking there's something better coming along. Yeah. And I, I see it. I mean, we, we're talking all positive stuff. But we've also had some real errors here, missed yes. opportunities. But when Navy Federal first announced that they were going to put a call center here, we had people in our community, you know, no, we don't want a call center. We want high paying jobs, high tech jobs. These these are $12 an hour jobs. 
And I said, yeah, but you know, if you're making $8, $12 is pretty good. Yeah, that is good, especially right then. <laughs> and, and if you're getting benefits. And, and I said, so so let's let's just make these 300 work. Well, now they're 7,000. Yeah. So if you don't get the 300, you don't get the 7,000. And I think people have to realize is I call it small ball. You know, most of most development, you know, if you look at downtown Palafox, the first big thing was taking the corner of Palafox and Maine, taking two vacant buildings and bringing them to life yeah. with the audacious shops and that. Those were empty buildings just sitting there. And across the street was two empty lots. Now you've got the you know, the the gardens there with all the trailers, you know, I mean, now it's a vibrant corner and then it comes its way down. O'Reilly's, which was always crowded, that was just an empty office building. And then you look at the downtown Abbott's, Abbott's uniform store, which was vacant. Now the world of beer. And you can just go on and on and on and say, these were vacant buildings that are now brought to life. And I think that's because people will only walk about 60 feet until they want to see something new. And what they call it for our people that are listening, you don't want gaps in your teeth. And when you look at a downtown, if you have empty buildings, it's gaps in the teeth. And the more, the more you can fill in these gaps, the more vibrancy you have. And so that's sort of for people that want to have urban talk. That's a little urban talk. You don't want gaps in your teeth downtown. Oh yeah, I like the, that method because especially for me being from the outskirts city, uh, like Cantonment, mm-hmm. like I see this all the time. Especially like <coughs> my, I feel like Cantonment is dying down, and it's like so much development that need to happen here. And I'll be trying to get tell people like, hey, look at what they did here. We can do this here, but it's kind of hard to get people to. Well, I think what happens is what'll happen is, and I always wanted to get people to go to the West Pensacola. What I've learned is as long as there's land in East Pensacola, they yeah. ain't going to West Pensacola. And oh, so yeah. <laughs> no more land in East Pensacola or it's too expensive, then you move to West, West Pensacola. Pensacola. <laughs> I think same thing with, with a cantonment or any of these cities. You get to a point where you, you get the population starts moving and then the population says, well, wait a minute. We understand we have to drive downtown for a baseball game or for a big event. But gosh, for coffee shops and bookstores and shops, yeah. didn't have to do that. And then, and then I think that's what you're going to see out there by Navy Federal. They're going to take some of that empty space and they're creating places for people to hang out. And then also people won't need to get on the roads. Yeah. And so I, I think I just think it comes in in time and you have to, you know, just like, you know, I, I tell people no one can afford. No one can, very few people can afford to live by Central Park in New York. Yeah. However, they can all learn to enjoy Central Park in New York. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I think those other areas, as Pensacola continues to grow in population, they call it a thickening of the city. The city starts thickening and moving out because it gets less expensive and I want to do a startup. But that's where I think you have to help startups. Because I think the challenge with many startup businesses, they don't have enough money to go to the, a good location. Yeah. So they go to a poor location. Yeah. It's harder for them to make it. So if you look at downtown Pensacola, um, when DC Reeves was opening up Perfect Plane, he was going to go outside Pensacola. And the decision was no, you got to bring it inside because you won't make it outside. And I think, look at many of the stores downtown. 
um, you want to get it where people walk to a lot of places, not just one. When, when we opened up Five Sisters in the Villers, that was, you know, we yeah. that. that was a destination place at first. Oh, there was yeah. nothing else there. And now you're seeing it get a little busier, slowly evolve and those types of things. Oh, yeah. Because I, I remember at my childhood driving through those those streets and everything was it was very little. Like it's it's just remarkable to look back over for me, even just the 10 years. Yeah. From when I well, actually it's 12, since I graduated high school, went to the military, came back, just the the consistent growth that I y'all have done. It's about 10 years though, you're right. Cause I think it took about six or seven to get things remodeled, redone. It's a slow yeah. process. I tell people that, you know, by the time you're exhausted, somebody just notices it for the first time or something. <laughs> so, or they don't, I was talking to, um, you know, and, and you just have to keep making it better. The, the beauty is the more people that are in a place, the more you got to keep it up because yeah. they notice things and they notice Everything. Or it's not being painted or it's not being cut. And for every positive thing, there's always the negative because re- <laughs> you have to do. Yeah. Cause I remember you as going back to what you were saying, like a lot of people in the city came to like Navy Federal, a lot of different things with a negative outlook. And I feel like people run into that on a regular basis when it comes to anything they're trying to do to make something better. Uh, I agree. I had a, a city council person one time when I really wanted to get the Y next to the stadium where I still think it should have went. And she said, why such the rush? And I said, well, it's going to create a ton of construction jobs. Yeah. And like, for example, if you look at Southtown, at Southtown, we spent $22 million on labor to build Southtown. And because we follow the covenant for the community is which we guarantee so many jobs for minorities and so on, out of that 22 million, 11 million of it went to people of color. I think that's pretty cool. So when people say to me, why a sense of urgency? I said, well, because people are trying to feed their families or trying to pay their rent. And most of the people that don't have urgency have jobs or they have pensions. Well, I try to look at the people that don't have pensions and don't have jobs and how do we create that dollar so they can take care of their families? That is true. Because uh, I can contest everything this man's saying, y'all. So just let y'all know ahead of time, because I actually work for this man for the Blue Ahu Stadium. I'm a videographer. Even the little things they did for us, I think uh, you got us a Winn-Dixie card for $50 so we can take care of food, for, I think, from 4th of July or stuff. He didn't just take care of one section. He can take care of everybody from the top well, to the we bottom. We measure employee engagement. Most people don't measure employee engagement with game day employees. And again, because we think, you know, if, if you have somebody that works at the Wahoos, many of them, that's a maybe a part-time job in the season. But that's discretionary income that's going to go somewhere. Yes, pay for something, feed for something. So we think that's really, really vital. And and for some, it's a training ground for some. You know, I was talking to um, one of our trainees who's now head of the store, the merchandise store. Lauren. Oh, Lauren, Lauren, yeah. <laughs> I asked her what she did for Thanksgiving. And she said, well, I um, stayed in town because of my boyfriend. Friend's house. And I said, well, that's sort of cool. You know, who's your boyfriend? She said, well, he lives in Cantonment. But I'm saying <laughs> now that's a relationship. You know what I mean? And that's good stuff. And Lauren's from Phoenix. 
Yeah. That's and she always told me all the time, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm an Arizona fan. So I was like, no, you're in Florida now. You got to yeah. change it. So, you know, we're talking about giving people good experiences so they they stay here. So one of the last questions you, you gave me was, because yes, uh, I think we hit 10, 10 years, was current entrepreneurs. I think the key is to be a good entrepreneur. And let me explain that. I didn't start my own business until I was 48 years old. Okay, people look at entrepreneurs and they think they started when they were 21 or 22 or 23. Now, you can start young, but I think an entrepreneur is somebody that's working in an industry that they want to someday own a business in or start in, but they learn the nuts and bolts of how to do it for somebody else. So when I was in the healthcare environment, I was always trying to create better tools, better techniques, better ways of doing things not thinking I could build my own business on it. But I, I think I spoke at UW-West um, Florida maybe five years ago on, you know, wherever you work, try to make it the best place you can be and try to look at how can you improve it. Because, you know, most people that start their own real estate company were a realtor for somebody else. Yeah. Most people that start their own restaurants worked in a restaurant at one time. Most people that start their own IT company worked in IT. And if you read the book, E-Myth Revisited, which is a great book for entrepreneurs, it, it talks about the most people that start a business start it because they love the product they're involved in. They love the program. If you like videos, video arts, you're going to be attracted to that. And the thing is, try to get a job in an organization or with a company that does a nice job, learn everything you can and you're in a no-lose situation. Because if you are doing that, you become a very valuable employee, and you might decide, you know what? I'm okay being a valuable employee. I don't want to risk my whole life savings starting something. But if you do go to start your own business, you've got the experience and the networking to know how to do it. So my message always is be a good entrepreneur, which means work in an organization, but think as an entrepreneur would, how do I make this better? You know, act like it's your money. And then if you do become an entrepreneur, you're probably going to be way more successful. So many people start a company too early before they really have the experience to know truly what they're doing. Yes, sir. I, I can contest because I have done that numerous of times. <laughs> and yeah, I always have to go back to the drawing board because the little steps I didn't see. I see it all the time. I saw it with a, a you know lady I know very well. Um, started her own workout place. Yes, sir. She loves working out. That's what her certification is in. But she wasn't good with the financial part of the, you know, taxes, employee withholding, and those things. And and she kept those spending more and more time on the exercise component than the quick. Good. Book. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's the hard part of running a company is you you gotta get good in things you really don't have passion for. But until you get enough money to hire somebody to do that stuff, you gotta you gotta carry that weight. <laughs> yes, sir. Man, I I oh yo, Mr. Studer, man. I just I wish I could just shadow you around <laughs> 24-7 because I know. I'll be like a sponge just trying to absorb as much stuff as possible because just your intellect alone on just everything we talked about today is some stuff that 
always I'm not just the only person inspired to be, but you know, I'm one of the few people that aspires to grow the place they're from. No, it's neat. You know, Chad Henderson, who who is doing a big development on Garden Street there, the hotel, he bought the whole block. He owns a company called Catalyst, which actually is in the healthcare business, but not here. A little bit here, but across the country. And I met him probably 15 years ago when he just started, and it was really cool. He said, you know, I want to be you someday. And and I said, well, you'll and 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 it's really cool. Not that he's me, he's probably better than me, but he's doing all the right stuff. He's made his money. Now he's investing in the community, investing in it. And and I think that's really cool because you know he's he's giving back. Yeah. And I that's that's why I'm a big believer in supporting local businesses because they give back. Your philanthropist. Um, they're not they're not running in some corporate office out of New York, Chicago, or Nashville. They're not the ones writing a check for philanthropy. It's usually local people. And sometimes when I go to communities, there's almost a jealousy, like, oh, that local person's making money. I said, you should hope they make money. Because that's more money for you. <laughs> to the community. The, the, the person that, you know, and these are nice places, but you know, corporate headquarters in Atlanta isn't thinking about writing a check. Yeah. For, for Pensacola. So if you, you know, it's just the way it is. And I talk about that. I said, you know, we have some sponsors here with the Wahoos we appreciate, but they'll give us a small amount. And you look at where their corporate offices are. Yeah. It's a whole different ballgame. So, and that's one of our, why we have to build our local businesses because we don't have the big giant corporate. corporate. Yeah. So we've got to, we've got to make and break it on our small businesses here, which is great. It's harder to do, but it's less risky. Because if you look at places that are debate that built on one big business, like when that business goes away, the whole town is gone. Gone. You know, Janesville, Wisconsin had 7,000 people working at General Motors. And when General Motors closed the plant, all of a sudden 7,000 people are unemployed. Well, here, you don't want anyone to close, but you're not dependent on one or two companies like years ago, Pensacola is very dependent on a Monsanto yeah. or Armstrong. And it's not like that anymore. Now there's a lot of small businesses, which are again, the heartbeat and the soul of any community is your local small businesses. Oh yeah. Dang. Mrs. Mr. You just, oh. you just got me all excited and energized and ready. Just like, oh, I know. Excited. <laughs> I just the stuff I, I I can see myself doing and the just the, just a little bit of knowledge you share with me alone just kind of relit a fire in me that just know be patient be patient I and, tell I got interviewed by some young entrepreneurs one day and they were talking about entrepreneurs and I said well when I was your age I was working part-time in a liquor store so you know don't compare <laughs> Don't compare what you are at 28 with somebody who's way older. Yeah. They've spent more time. And I think, I think sometimes young people, particularly, I get it, but they read about those young people that have made it. Yeah. Well, the reason you read about them is because they're so unusual. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You know, they're just so unusual. That's why you read about them. And then, of course, you read some of them um, recently with the whole FTX, yeah. weren't doing as well as you might have thought yeah uh, trust me uh i've been i've been calling and checking on my friends i was like i see the market is a little hitting you a little hard so are y'all okay <laughs> and like because they used to hit me up because back uh 
2012, when I was in the military, I started with network marketing a little bit. Uh, try something different, you know, check out something different, learn something new. Um, and they was come to me, ask me about advice because I've been in type of businesses like that before. Mm-hmm. So with them, I, I said, hey, I made a mistake and tried to quit my full time thing because I was taking a chance on this just because I was making decent money at the time. But as far as planning for the long term, I said, I wish I would have stayed with my my full time gig while I was doing making the good money with that because that would have put me I did. When I was at Baptist Hospital, when I went there, I had an agreement that I could spend five days a year doing my own thing, what year one, 10 days, year two, 15 days, year three. Then you add vacation time. So I was out speaking and working with other hospitals, testing the market. So then when I took the walk away from being president of the hospital, I wasn't going to zero. So I, I think most, if you read the book, E-Myth Revisited by Gerber, most entrepreneurs started their company while working full-time for somebody else. And they built it so they could take the step without going broke. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the key of this message, everybody. I feel like if y'all didn't get nothing else from this, that is the key, man. Because I have been I've been there. Well, I've got to run, my friend. But thank yes. you for the opportunity to be with you today, man. Thank you again, Mr. Studer. Uh, I just let me know what you're going to do, and we'll help push this out as much as we can. Oh yes, sir. Hundred episode. I'm trying to find a location for downtown. To host the, I'm gonna go live for that one. And nice. Uh, what What do you need? Are you looking for just temporary space to do your show from? Actually, I am looking for a temporary space to do it. Uh, show from. I actually got a whole platform in my head. Okay. I already know how I wanted to look. I just needed a, a place to do it. Uh, I'm right now doing it in the UWF studio. Y'all don't know this, but this is a green screen that behind works. me. Yeah, that works. <laughs> but uh, well, drop me an email. Tell me what you're looking for. Okay. Oh yes, sir. Thank you again, Mr. Suter. Hey y'all. Thanks. If y'all don't know this man, go follow him on all his social media platforms. Um, make sure y'all take a ticket to the Wahoo Stadium next year because I feel like we're going to repeat. We had all a good right. scene this year, but hey, I'm he's a busy man. I know he got to go. Thank you again, Mr. Stu, for Thank sharing you, a little bit of time. Have a great day. Thank yes, you. Yes, sir. You too. I know that I'm different, self-motivated, self-disciplined, yeah. I learned from my experience. I just want someone to take me serious Real questions that I ask How long will this solo trip last? I'm content with being alone in the past But it's changing and it's something I can't grasp Turn off my phone, I'm in my zone So now I'm acting different I'm to myself, I'm in my head Mapping out this life I'm living Shadow work on myself I done already seen hell Can't fit in so I rebel But I don't miss a beat I don't miss a beat Oh